this is different being on video. Shane, you're like relaxingly lying in bed. Yeah, do I look do I look semi sensual? Gabby, I think you're in the bathroom. I'm not sure. Should we put it in the, on the on the YouTube? No, not yet. I need to get my recording studio ready first. Shane's got three of his fingers in his mouth, so I don't know if this is ideal YouTube content right now. It's only one. Oh, he's biting one of them now. Yeah, it's just one finger, and I'm trying to look sensual while we're on camera. It's working. Good. Gabby, you look stressed. Are you okay? Yeah, man. Yemen? Yemen? I feel I'm- like uh, we just kind of have a constantly evolving podcast situation we went from recording in person to just recording and being in a room with no indication of what other people look like and now look at us shane's doing something weird and i can see gabby and well, and and it's just great i love seeing you guys previous so much. to this i guess zoom version of our podcast i would have pictures of you guys up on my computer just to remind me what you guys look like yeah i was just so, gonna say i tape pictures behind my laptop on the wall so i could see yeah. you all Exactly. Exactly. Kara, Kara actually sent me one a couple of weeks ago, and it's just you and it. I think it's either an apron or a towel, but that's it. Yeah, it's Don't just a towel. Don't you dare talk about my wife. <laughs> my wife. My it was wife. the. It was the. It was the bro bib. It was what I used to catch my facial hair. <laughs> that's what. That's what it's called. It's called a bro bib. It's uh, awesome. Kara bought it for me a, a year ago. A couple to catch your what beard hair? Yeah, it's for when you're shaving, so that way it's not like all in the sink and all that crap. It's easier to clean. Oh, that's cool. Can you, yeah, you, can there's you literally one? suction cups on the on on uh, on the. They connect to your nips. Yeah, <laughs> they connect to your nips. Yeah, is that, there... that go on the mirror and then these on the part of the bib at the bottom have little holes, and then you just hook it on the mirror so it, like it's like creates like a uh, little little valley your... of little valley of uh, hair, hair, you know. Yeah. So to be so, just to clarify, that means that your bib comes up, which means you're full frontal nude underneath that when you're. Oh, shaving, I was correct? that's that was the yeah. You guys saw my butt in the picture. Yeah, I was I was naked. Kara was like the thing. The reason why she was she took the picture because I guess she's never been around when I'm doing that act where I'm shaving. So she's like, "Are you always naked when you shave?" I'm like, "Yeah," because I usually take a shower after. So. That was that was I guess the backstory behind that picture. Just so you know, can context. you can you use the bro bib for your ball beard? I don't. That's think a lot so. of bees. I don't know. Man. Your bro bib for your ball beard? It's a uh, it's an alliteration. It's the bro lot. bib ball beard. It's a lotteration. Oh. Well, that's cool, man. Oh. I, don't, I normally just like lay paper towels on my counter and then shave onto the paper towels and then yeah, wrap like, it that's up. what I usually used to do. Also, just let, like put tissue in the sink so that way it's just easier to clean up and like yeah, yeah I don't know. She just bought it. Whatever. I think that's cool. I think I'll, I'll look into it. Yeah, man. I've used one before. It's pretty cool. It 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 saves you a lot of cleanup work. I mean, yeah. if anybody's seen your shaving routine, Daniel, it's been me. Yeah, that's true. Because it's like the whole the the material of it is like the same kind of material when you wear it at a at a salon like a cape, or like yeah. A, and so you know that I don't know when you when you cut your hair, you know how it like attracts like the hair like just like collects and like accumulates into one big ball of hair. You just you know Gabby comes a spell. Gabby comes <laughs> up hair balls in the middle of his thing. <laughs> He's casting a spell. But yeah, so it's cool because it all essentially just like comes into like one big ball and then you just put it in the garbage. That's cool. Yeah, nice. Man. 
Yeah. So they're just it's a disposable then. It's not you don't use it over and over. No, again? no, no, no. The like the hair because of the material of the bib, right? Of the you reuse it, your hair over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> it causes the hair to just like combine into one big ball hair. So you make hair. your chicken wing chicken wing sauce out of is your your hair. I don't balls. know why you went there, but sure, man. I don't, it's delicious. I don't know. Maybe maybe you just let it marinate. Anyways. Uh yeah, welcome back. We took we took a week off. I wasn't I wasn't uh I wasn't entirely healthy, and then we took a couple of days off. I guess this week because you Gabby, you were you, you were I I didn't have the row, and I had yeah, the... dude. I think I'm the reason why I think I might be. I don't know if I, I guess I can bring up to Shane because he's had some experience with it. Is it possible to be lactose to certain things and not others? Well. Um, thank you for asking me as the current, uh, <laughs> shit specialist on board here. Um, I think you, so you could have a couple things. You could have IBS, like irritable bowel syndrome, where there's certain things that set off your digestive system and you react differently to it. But there is also like, you can be sensitive to lactose and not be lactose intolerant. So you can have, depending on what the dairy is, it can contain more lactate or less lactate. So depending on what you're eating could have mm. a adverse effect on you. So like Got full it. cream versus like, you know, Froyo, like Froyo you still think is dairy, but it, it will affect you differently. A mozzarella versus different types of cheese. Well, it. it all, it, yeah, it can all play differently. Interesting. Okay. No, cause like I eat what I want usually whenever I want. And yeah. I was just like, I just like for this, for the, just for the hell of it, I looked up like, main symptoms of i guess lactose i was like bloating and cramps in your stomach and potentially diarrhea and vomiting but it wasn't to that extreme yeah i just felt really weird so yeah. anyways we could talk about something else now part out. You, know? I mean, you, you might have you that you might have yeah welcome to the club um i'll print you your badge uh <laughs> it's great no like it, a lot uh, of people for, would assume when you eat certain things you're supposed to get bloated, but a lot of time it's actually just your body reacting to it. So yeah. like I just avoid a lot of things based off that or try and cut them as Got much it. as I can. Got it. Well, thanks for that segment. Dr. Yeah. Shane segment. I it's, love uh, it. doc- it's shit. Dr. Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Pooper. Oh, Dr. Pooper. That was really good. Thank you. <laughs> this is gotta go on youtube man this is great this is great quality this is great content right now i'm not gonna lie uh okay well, maybe in, maybe in the future we uh we start using our youtube and we can we can post these up it'd be yeah. fun yeah it do you uh do you want to introduce who we have i feel like we haven't done that and it's been we've taken a week off so people might have forgot who's here uh yeah irritable <laughs> irritable bowel gabby <laughs> what's up <laughs> <laughs> you should have went IBS, irritable bowel shame. <laughs> irritable bowel shame. Shane, what do you got? How do you want to introduce yourself? Di- I don't have diarrhea. <laughs> I don't have diarrhea, Shane. Oh, you want to give me like a wrestler name? Shane, that Shane, I don't know. Shane with the glorious mustache. Yeah. McLaughlin. Yeah, I'll take that. Whatever, dude. I'll take, you know. I don't know. And then we got my Shane Harry Federali Styles. I look like Ortega. I kind of look like Harry Styles from the side. That's side every, view. I, everyone's favorite Federale. <laughs> Why are you calling me a Federale today? I don't know. It's the second time. It just reminded me of Blue Streak at the end. Was it Blue Streak? Yeah, Blue Streak. 
Such a good movie. I just love the word Metanoche. I feel like that should be your nickname, Metanoche. It's midnight. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Midnight, midnight Daniel. Not only is it a sandwich, but it also could be like a secret agent name, but yeah. I feel like it fits me. I've been I, meaning to, all jokes aside, I've been meaning to. We could call Midian No Shane. Well, Midian No Shane. Yeah, that's sick. I'm down for that. All jokes aside, <laughs> Gabby, you've been meaning to what? Yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, make a, cub- a Cubano sandwich. Oh, that's a very serious th- point of discussion. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn from Ortega, though. He can't make Come Cubanos. Over. He needs to approve it for what me. What are you if, talking about? If it's good enough. It I'll can, make it, you. Oh, you come over and we'll use my plancha, and then we'll yeah. uh, we'll do it up. Yeah, I make a good cubano. <laughs> nice. Here's my, my thing, Shane's never having one now because he just doubted me for some reason, even though I've never made him. A, exactly, a that's why I doubt before. you because you've never made cool. me a cubano, and you know that I adore them. But they do contain Swiss cheese, I believe, is the cheese of choice on a cubano, if I am correct, like uh, a holy cheese. No, I believe so. Yeah, it depends I, how it depends how fancy you want to be with it. Because I've had many, you know, like I've had many, you know, in Cuba, and it's just like whatever cheese they could find, whatever ham they could find, and then like a leftover burger bun. And pickle. And a pickle. Sometimes you'll get mustard, but it depends on how ripe it is. So, Guys, I am I have to announce, though, I am team pickle now. I yeah, know. You are. I, I like pickles. Pickles are great, dude. It's good. It's good stuff. I mean, not all pickles. Like, I don't like all pickles, but I really You want to get the, the bread and butter pickles. pickles. I feel like those yeah. were the ones that you'd like. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah. Could do a little not pick, the, pick. N- not the dilly ones, but the bread and butter. Mmm, so good. We could probably spend the next hour talking about food, and we—that's uh, what we're gonna do. No, I'm kidding. We're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about uh, the Xbox event because we kind of um, missed, I guess, the week that that was the big reveal or the big news. Um, and Gabby and I talked about it a little bit. I think maybe now it's settled down a little bit in terms of our initial excitement. So um, we? it's a good time. I, I definitely have like there's things that I'm excited for, but I wouldn't say like I'm riding the high of that event. I'm, I'm I was happy to see some stuff, and then I've just kind of moved on to to seeing what really what's next and seeing what's actually going to come out in the near future because mm-hmm. there wasn't really a lot in the conference that seemed like it was going to come out anytime soon, other than a few titles, right? Um, but yeah, so the Xbox event passed. It was kind of this, you know, as as Xbox and, and Microsoft have been doing for the last couple of years, hyping it up. Um, this was kind of, I guess, more so their E3 replacement event than uh, than the event that we talked about back in May, which really just kind of revealed some third party titles. And was I, I think overall we agreed that it was kind of underwhelming. We didn't really get to see anything that we wanted to see out of that event. Um, and I think this event was probably a little bit closer to what we were expecting. We got obviously some big reveals, um, some new game announcements. We finally got to see what some of the first party studios were working on. And uh, I mean, the biggest thing for I think all of us was uh, the the reveal of Halo finally, um, which they led the show off with, which was pretty exciting. Um, so, I mean, I'll start with you, Gabby, uh, and then Shane, you can weigh in after the fact. Uh, but what was your like? What was your kind of thoughts, I guess, on the whole event, and then specifically on Halo? Um, I thought the event overall was good. It wasn't bad. Um, I thought they did a lot of things right. Um. I do think overall the event got a little, a bit of a, I guess, sour taste because of the reaction that um, Halo got in the end, which is warranted to some degree, I would say, just because it didn't look all that great, even though I'm still pretty excited for it, and they've already put out like a statement prior like i mean post 
event, but I think the 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 games that I was really excited for were Avowed. I thought Avowed was a small teaser, but it got me really pumped to see what Obsidian was going to be working on, uh, other than Grounded, which I played briefly, which is a lot of fun. Um, uh, what else? I'm trying to pull up the, the list. We got Avalon. So we got Avalon announced, which is Obsidian's other game. We had um halo infinite which is kind of what let off i guess and really tentpoled the show yeah we got sinua saga um hellblade 2 which we talked they talked about a little bit uh, they oh, said right. it was going to be set in iceland and it was built using the unreal engine i thought 5. i thought the gunk looked pretty cool mm-hmm. um crossfire x crossfire x yeah which is being developed uh with remedy entertainment yeah, they're making the campaign for Crossfire X, which would tra- the trailer they showed looked pretty fun. I'm not gonna lie there. Um, I thought Psychonauts two looked pretty cool. I haven't played Jack the Black first is one, in it. but I got pretty excited about that. Um, what else? What else was there? As Dusk Falls oh, right. was like a watercolor-looking uh, styled game. It's cool that they're taking. I guess they're also making they're, they're, they're taking the same approach that they are with Halo 2 Forza, which is cool to see that they're doing that. They're taking their time and like rebooting that franchise. And I'm wondering if they're going to make the same uh, adjustments to it that they said about with Halo, where it's going to be more of a platform opposed to keep releasing different um, uh, Forza games year after year. So that would be a cool thing to see, especially that they're really pushing... Game Pass and this conference really showed that um, when they stated that all the games in this in this event would come to Game Pass, right? So um, I'm excited for Halo. I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty pumped. We tried to play Halo the other day. Kara uh, was gonna play with me. I was gonna. I was pretty pumped. We were gonna play together uh, some some co-op, and uh, you didn't have your you didn't have your. Uh, Updates installed Game as per the up- usual. Updated. Yeah. This guy's like, I, had, I thought I had my uh, updates on. But yeah, it didn't turn on. I did. I had like 24 updates pending, which is really annoying. And then I updated them all overnight. So uh, if you want to play Halo at a, another point before another update comes out, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, dude, I'm down. Dude, Brook- Brooklyn's been playing it a lot lately. He was even sharing with me today that um, a, lot, a, a lot of like professional Call of Duty players, since he's like super into that, are are thinking of making the switch to Halo when, when that comes out, which I guess, I guess post, uh, post their conference or stream, whatever you want to call it, they announced that um, Halo multiplayer was going to be free to everybody, which was pretty big news, if you ask me. I think it's going to gain a lot of uh, hype and traction for people that maybe grew up playing Halo and, haven't played in a while and okay let's just check this out and see how it is and if it's really good people might stick around so i'm that's i think that's a pretty cool thing that they're doing yeah i was pretty surprised that that didn't make an appearance at the event because that would have been a really good way to to yeah. uh, bookend the the halo um yeah presentation and then it ended up coming only a few days after so that was a little bit surprising I, that they I, didn't choose to include that in the event i thought the reason that that only came out though is because it leaked on a vendor's website that that was part of the oh, product details right. like yeah that ready. could be true they weren't yeah. ready to release that yet or the information yeah. or talk about that the same thing with the whole um 60 frames per second 
or 120 frames per second or whatever it is up to 120 yeah. frames per second like all those specs and stuff they weren't ready to talk about but it leaked on a vendor's website so they just confirmed that gotcha yeah. so okay th- that's that's why i think they didn't do it also they said that you know originally they were planning on having a beta but they're saying because of covid it really affected the ability for them to be able to make that beta so they said they're not sure if they're going to be able to get a beta out before the game launches which is interesting so overall gabby what's your grade on the on the event if you have to get give it a number grade uh i'd say probably like a seven yeah i'd say seven can't forget about fable even though it was a teaser Mm -hmm. uh that looked really cool a lot of people were worried about them not having the the charm that the originals had and that little teaser clearly showed that that british humor was still going to be a part of the game which is exciting as well as we saw and it still looked really cool but still don't really know what it is um I'm not drawing a blank. Uh, Rare's game, what's it called? Everwild. Everwild, yeah. I thought that looked really cool too. Um, but still, we didn't really know what kind of game it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I think the winner of the probably the winner of the showcase was uh, was Obsidian, hands hands down. They mm-hmm. showed DLC for Outer Wilds. They showed uh, Grounded. Even they even showed uh, a, a small teaser for Avowed. And what was that other game you said? I thought it's avowed. Sorry, I called it Avalon. It's a, it's avowed. Avowed, yeah. So they they yeah. showed they yeah, they showed they showed up really well. I thought they were the winner of the of the of the show. Well, I would yeah, I think the agree. The thing that was unique about Obsidian, I guess, is um, like they were already kind of I guess on track to develop a lot of stuff. Like Outer Worlds came out in the middle of their acquisition with mm-hmm. Microsoft, so that was on deck. Grounded seems like it's something that's only in beta right now, so it's going to see a lot of updates over time. So, and it's only so, it's a small team from that from that studio, right? Thirteen people right. are making that game, and it's it's doing really well right now. Yeah, so they're doing. I feel like they're they're probably the best setup to have content that was going to come out in the near future for Microsoft out of all the studios that really yeah. got uh, purchased, and maybe Ninja Theory as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but Obsidian, I mean, I played Outer Worlds for a few hours. I haven't really dived fully into it. There's a lot of dialogue and it's a little bit slow at the start. Um, but I do enjoy, I enjoyed a lot of it. It's very colorful. It feels very Fallout-y, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. Um, so I'd like to go back to it at, at one point, but the DLC looked really, really promising. So um, yeah, Obsidian, I, I think I agree. They were probably one of the standouts from the show. Um, Shane, your thoughts on it? Um. I mean, I I thought it was I thought the Halo content was really underwhelming. It definitely wasn't what I was expecting in any sort of capacity. Um, it was cool to see, though. Regardless, like you're always hyped to see it. Um, it's I'm I'm excited for the open world aspect of it. Um, and they've come out and now said that they're looking at removing a lot of the you know killed by guardian and death wall and things like that. And they want to encourage open world exploration through the campaign. So I'm excited to see how that translates. I'm really looking forward to Halo as a game as a service instead of, um, you know, the traditional releasing Halo, every couple yeah. of years. Well, yeah, because um, that's what they said. It's a it's going to be a platform. Platform, is... exactly. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that come into come to fruition. I think it makes sense that they're going to make multiplayer free, um, and you know, you're going to see, I'm sure, like maps and stuff like that come out. But I think when they're saying multiplayer is free, it's going to be arena that's free. So it'll be like PVP and Slayer and capture the flag and that sort of stuff. But I think uh, my hope is that this halo is going to go kind of like division and destiny esque, where that multiplayer through campaign is ingrained. Um, and you're going to have that open world exploration to hop in, hop out. Like I'm looking forward to that aspect 
maybe mm. a little bit more than the PvP aspect. Uh, I would love to see a lot of old maps come back and stuff like this. I know we're not talking like hopes, wants, wishes for Halo Infinite, but you know, it, it really didn't answer anything for me when it came to to the game itself, besides the fact that it's open world and the information that it came after that had leaked. I found gave me was more, more exciting, yeah, ex- excitement than what came in the conference. Uh, a lot of people were saying the pre-show was better than the actual show with Jeff Keighley announcing stuff and having his rotating panel of people on there, um, which is cool. Like I, I get that, but you know, it was cool to see Forza very early in development. Obviously everything was very early in development. It's like, makes you scratch your head and wonder what the hell is going to come out this holiday season and what it's going to look like and how's it going to perform. Uh, I think they're banking heavily on the back catalog of everything. Um, that they have and you know they're already using it in marketing when they're saying like play you know 400 games at launch it's like okay well you know 150 of those games are from the original xbox 18 (laughs) years ago like i I don't really think i'm going to go back and play you know i'm trying to see what xbox games i have up but like i'm not going to go back and play those um but yeah you never know know. yeah I i like i think for me i give I give the conference as a whole like a PS2 out of a PS5 for sure. Um, it you know, it's promising. I've I'm already bought into Games Pass. I've been bought into Games Pass since day one. I didn't need another conference to convince me of the reasons to buy it. I think it's valuable yeah. for the consumers out there. But I also don't think there's one single person who watched that conference and said, you know what? Because I can play all of these games on Games Pass. I'm going to buy an Xbox and buy Games Pass so I get access to all these games. I think it was just like a thing to like flaunt. Like this is another service that we have, but I don't really think it's going to make a lot of buying decisions for the company. And I think, you know, looking at a lot of the polls that have been out on Twitter and stuff like that, most people are still going to buy a PS5 over PS over an Xbox One uh, Series X or the new Xbox. I just call it the new Xbox because the naming structure is very strange to me. Um, and like a lot of people who have current Xboxes are saying they're going to go get PS5s, which is like, I don't think this conference did anything for them in that regard. I think people who were already bought in and knew they were going to buy it, it was a good conference for them. Um, or ca- or display, I should say, not necessarily a conference, but like a good little show. Uh, but the, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the humor in Fable. I've never played any Fable games. So I love British humor and it, it you know, I was laughing out loud at that, so I'm excited for that. But we should go back and play the old ones. They're on Game Pass. Yeah, it'll be one of the 400 games available to play on the Xbox Series X at launch. You can but... play it right now. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I still got to finish Ghost of Shishima. But it's, yeah, I would be remiss to say I wasn't disappointed by the showing of Halo there. That's my, my thoughts on it. Um, I mean, I can weigh in on my thoughts. So I think initially I had, I had, a, um, I mean, I really enjoyed it overall. Like, I think it was a good conference for, for Xbox, but I think it kind of set in Gabby, you and I talked right after and you were kind of a little bit higher on it even than you are right now. Um, and I think I was a little bit higher on it at that point before I started to kind of let some of the stuff sink in. So, I mean, the standouts for me, um, Halo, but less so because of the showing and more so just because I'm excited for a new Halo game. Um, and, and uh, to be quite honest, like the showing in the actual conference really 
just solidified that Halo is coming out this year and really nothing else. We, there's nothing else that we really know about it. Um, obviously, some of the open world stuff and, and just kind of seeing Chief be the, the, the central figure again in the game is, is promising given, you know, the missteps with the, the uh, Guardians 5. campaign. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's exciting to see some of that stuff back, but that's kind of all expected. Like there was really nothing that they really blew me away with with Halo. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get great multiplayer. You're going to get a campaign that probably, uh, you know, depending on how engaged you are with the trilogy so far is going to have some some payoff. But I think, you know, since Halo 4, it's been pretty inconsistent in terms of the quality of, of the narrative. I enjoyed Halo 4's campaign. Halo 5's campaign to me is like, I'll be honest, I was trying to recollect what happened in Halo 5 and I don't really remember most of the campaign. I'm going to have to play it again. Um Whereas in the original trilogy, like even though I didn't wasn't a huge fan of Halo Three, uh, uh, sorry Halo 3's campaign and Halo 2's campaign kind of ended on a on a big cliffhanger. They're memorable, but I remember what happened in those campaigns, and I can't say the same for the newer trilogy. So um, I'm excited. I like the idea that it's going to be something that lives for a longer period of time. I like that they they alluded to having experiences similar to ODST um, and like side stories that were going to be integrated as DLC into the Halo Infinite world. So it seems like they're really kind of going for um, what they uh, are doing with their services and applying it to Halo. So having this integrated environment of Game Pass and accessories and all these peripherals and it seems like they're really going to bring that uh into the halo universe as well where you're going to have dlc you're going to have multiplayer you're going to have co-op multiplayer you're going to have um you know you're going to have an open world so i think they're just doing a lot to amalgamate the things that have worked not only on their hardware team but also on different games like gears and stuff like that and starting to put that into to the halo box which is pretty exciting um but again a lot of that is really just speculation there's none of that that we really saw in the presentation that made me think that it, it's just kind of what they've alluded to and, and maybe some of the brief overview um other than that i mean it was exciting to see fable kind of come back and make its return after so long yeah, um, even if it was just a teaser trailer I, I think most of us if not you know majority of us were thinking that uh, you know, Polyphony Digital was going to be working on a, a third a third person adventure game, and Halo, uh, sorry, Fable was the game that everybody kind of thought was going to be the the subject, and it is. It, it turns out. So, who did you say? Sorry, Polyphony. Poly, no, I said I said Polyphony. I don't know why I said that. Playground Games. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like what are you thinking? Gran about? Turismo. <laughs> My bad. Um, but Playground Games is, is developing it when, when we've known that they've been working on some sort of third party, uh, sorry, third person adventure RPG, title for some yeah. time. Yeah. So the payoff was there. I honestly think for me, you know, it's, it's a good conference just to solidify where Microsoft is. It didn't mm -hmm. have any mind blowing moments. It didn't really have anything that was like, oh my God, I need to play that. Mm -hmm. Um, it just kind of solidified, you know, we have these studios, they're working on stuff. And I think it will be some time before we do see the fruits of, of, of Microsoft's labor in acquiring all of those studios. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit unrealistic to expect that this early on into the next generation that we're going to see all of that stuff pay off because they only announced the acquisitions last year. Also, especially with COVID now too, right? You also have to play yeah. that factor to see like how, how many of these studios that they acquired actually were and how like affected they were by COVID. So, for sure, um, I think they're gonna have a. Uh, uh, to be honest with you, I think they're gonna have a hard time this this holiday season. Um, you know, ousting uh, PlayStation out of the out of the out of the favorable position that they're in. Um, just with the franchises that are going to be available, obviously there's a Spider-Man a Spider-Man game coming out this fall um, to to combat Halo uh, head on. So that's going to be kind of I guess the the holiday 
kind of standoff between the two consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's exciting stuff. As a gamer, if you don't have a preference in console, I think you have a lot of great stuff to look forward to. But I think, Shane, to your point, most people are looking to the PlayStation to still um, be undercut somehow by Microsoft. And I still think that Xbox is working on, you know, starting to get back into the good graces of a lot of people. But uh, Game Pass, you know, the, the third-party accessories, be, sorry, the, the controllers and stuff like that being compatible with Series X, um, X Cloud, which they announced is coming out in mid-September. Um, like, there's so many things that are going well for them outside of just their their titles um, that I think that they're starting to make some really, really promising moves that we're going to start to see the benefits of, you know, maybe not next year, maybe not the year after, but definitely in the next five years, I think they'll, they'll change the landscape quite a bit. Um, and other than that, I think, you know, just we got to, we still got to see more. Like we still don't know the pricing of the console, which is going to be a bit, a pretty big dictator on whether people are going to pick it up day one. Um, we mm-hmm. still don't know, uh, if there's going to be a digital version we didn't really get any of that out of the conference as well. You I know, know, there's going to be a rumor, the, you know, there's going to be the lockout. That's like been a rumor for so long. They just have, to we do. they were going to do it but, for the Xbox one. They were going to make a digital version of it. Only digital. Yeah. So no, no, but no, I think. No. Yeah, well, it's the same as the PS5, right? The PS5 has the only digital version of the console as well. No, I like, know that, but I mean, like, when the Xbox One came out, the first Xbox One, they were going to make it digital only, no optical drive. Right. And so, like, why wouldn't you do that on the next generation console? Like, it's... They would be foolish not to. I think what's strange is that they just haven't revealed it. Like, given that they revealed the consoles in December of last year, it's yeah. been eight months now, and they still haven't revealed the digital-only version. Which well, that, that's rumored to be revealed this month at some point. Yeah, so I think we'll start to see a lot of that stuff solidified. But I mean, uh, we're going into August now. It's already the first week of August, um, and and there's still a lot of question marks around pricing on both Sony and Sony's yeah. end and Xbox's end. Some of that due to COVID, I'm sure, in terms For of sure. whether they're going to have production and stuff like that up and running by the fall when they want them to to be out. But um, I guess the jury is still out on that. So overall, I think probably about a six and a half, seven. Gabby, I'm kind of in line with where you're at. Not nothing crazy, but. You know, excited to see Halo, excited to see Fable back, and then kind of everything in between there. You know, you mentioned Grounded, you mentioned um, uh, Ever Everwild, uh, which mm-hmm. I was really excited to see. I think that that looks really, really promising. Um, and then outside of that, just kind of, you know, fluff and, and stuff that kind of was built in that maybe isn't as interesting to me as some of the stuff that maybe was in the PlayStation What about your like Japanese game like that. that they announced in the pre-show? Uh, you well, said they're announced... super stoked for that game with those two guys from Japan. They announced a lot of Japanese-based stuff in the pre-show. They did, which is, I think, a big deal as well. Um, I forget the name. I forget the name of it. Hang on a second. I'm going to look it up here. We it, was like announced... them... it was totally your 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 scene, though. It was like anime-ish characters that were fluffy and they had big eyes and they looked like they could be easily, oh, easily converted to like that... pillows. Like that's like your scene. If if you could buy a pillow of this character easily, then you would love that game. I feel like is is your threshold. We also yes, forgot. Shane, we also forgot the the indie game from the Toronto studio with the Maple Leafs jersey, Echo Generation. Yes, Echo that looked really good. Yeah, and then also, um, what was it called? The shit. I just had it. I just had it. Where is it? Oh, that's right. All the Destiny 2 stuff coming to Game Pass, which is sick. Yes. Yeah, that's I'm a yes. crazy, so, that's a so crazy ha- deal. I'm so happy I didn't buy the latest expansion. I was about to buy it the other day, I swear to God. And I don't have to, so that's sick. Like, that's a big thing. But again, 
that's not going to be a, that's not a, that's a service buyer. Like that's to try and get people hooked in this generation in the hopes yeah. of when the next generation comes out, the people who already have an Xbox are going to lean more towards Xbox because they're used to those services. That's the same reason the controllers are compatible. That's the same reason they're doing all these things. It's not to get new people on the train. It's to keep the people who are already on the train on the train, which I think is very interesting. Sony doesn't yeah. give a shit about that. They they already know they're on the train, so they don't need to do pull out all these stops to get people on the train still. Well, I also think, I mean, I, we, Gabby, you and I talked about this a little bit the other day. I think Microsoft is in a, is in a more fav- – as much as PlayStation and Sony are in a more favorable position, I think when it comes to established franchises and a bigger user base and a bigger player base and just – Overall, I think a better performance over the last couple of years with this generation. Um, I think the biggest thing is is Microsoft has put in work over the course of the last decade to make things like their controllers uh, the best that they possibly can be. The Xbox Series X controller um, doesn't look any different than the current Xbox One controller, which allows you know the Elite controller to be compatible with both consoles. Like that's, I think we're we're crediting that they're making it. You know cross-generational jumps in terms of accessories and stuff like that but that's a lot of years of work that they've put into making sure that their that their controllers and their game pads are at the high level that they expect um because this isn't something that we've really seen before and gabby this is what i was talking to you about the other day on twitter i know we got into a little bit of of a discussion about it on twitter but what it really came down to for me is that xbox i think has already made the best controller possible for them and now it's just a matter of you know no matter what platform you're playing on you're getting the best xbox controller that we've ever given you it already has some haptic feedbacks uh, haptic feedback in some of the uh, controllers um you can customize them in the elite controllers they're you know they're 200 the, controllers the they're not 70 controllers the accessibility controller the accessibility yeah. controllers there whereas with sony i think they've struggled to to find a gamepad that works that's consistently been um something that everybody's happy with like i think about the dualshock 3 controller was really just the dualshock 2 but then made wireless with a little bit more weight to it and then the tilt access control thing and then they finally went through a major redesign with the playstation 4 controller which has poor battery life doesn't really have a great um I still think that the Xbox controller overall is better. And then finally now it seems like with the dual sense, they're making a little bit thicker that's going to fit in bigger hands. So I think the generational gap between controllers is quite a bit different between uh, Sony. And I think that they still have work to do. Whereas for me, Xbox has already made the best controller and that, to me, it was a 360. If I could still play on a 360 controller, I love the 360 controller. I will. I would. I wouldn't prefer to play on anything else um, if it was still something that was available. So I get the sentiment of wanting stuff to be forward compatible, but I think that that's a lot of hard work that that Microsoft's done to put themselves in a position where they can make that possible and not feel like somebody's using an older controller or older generation technology when they jump onto the new console. Um, so that's kind of where I was coming from with it. But I do understand the sentiment of if you have controllers and you can map them for a PS5, why wouldn't you be able to use them if they can build in that compatibility? Especially because Sony announced after the fact that um, you'll be able to play PS4 games on PS5 with the PS4 controller, but you couldn't play PS5 games on the PS5 with the PS4 controller. That just seems like they're putting a block in to, to prevent people from playing it. But mm-hmm. Maybe there, maybe there's something that we don't know that has to do with you know they're really bought into the Dual Sense and they don't want anybody to use the Dual Shock Four. But I do agree with you; it is a little bit counterintuitive given how how big their install base is with the PS4 and just how many controllers they've probably already sold oh. that are all of a sudden just going to be useless. Well, you can use them for XCloud. <laughs> you can. You can use them for XCloud. You can use them on Apple TV. You can use them on Steam. So yeah, 
It just, yeah. I don't know. I, like, yeah, we talked about it briefly. I think it was yesterday. I just, yeah, it just doesn't make sense in a way where if you're going to make a controller work on a console, so you're going to make a PS4 controller work on a PS5, but you can only use PS, you can only play PS4 games with it. Select PS4 games, that is. It's like, why would you even do that if you have a PS5 controller? You, you just use the PS5 controller. It just, it just doesn't make any sense. You get, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I agreed I think, with you. Like I, I never, I never disagreed with you. I just thought that that you know, I think from a Sony's perspective, they have work to do, and I, it's indistinguishable between an Xbox Series X controller and an Xbox One X controller. So there's just more consistency there. Whereas on Sony's end, I think that they have more work to do. I don't think I would personally ever want to use a PS4 controller if I had a PS5 controller in front of me. But again, I might not be the person that's upset over the fact that I can't use those other controllers because I generally play single-player games. So yeah, I think to me, it's, it's got a different impact. Yeah. If you're if you're playing multiplayer, then you would want like I don't. If I'm playing with my kids or I'm playing with my friends, I don't want to have to buy a new set of controllers for every console iteration. And you know, I remember when we went from 360 to Xbox One, I was pissed because I couldn't use my wireless headset uh, headset from the 360 on the One. Like yeah. that sucks. But like I think about people like Ali who owns like 68 controllers for every console, <laughs> and it's like, man, you're gonna have to buy all brand new. Like he's the couch co-op king. Like that's that's his thing he loves that so like when the ps5 comes out he's gonna have to buy eight new controllers when the xbox comes out he's just gonna use the exact same controllers he has and again like i think those are the people not like the alis but the people who have families who have you know play a lot of couch multiplayer or playing with their significant others if they're a multi console person right now in this generation and they're looking at which console to buy first I think that's where that comes into the buying decision is, you know, okay, so I've played Last of Us, I've played Ghost of Tsushima, I've played Spider-Man. Okay, there's a Spider-Man expansion coming out or standalone expansion or point five, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, that's coming out in the fall. But I can buy an Xbox first this holiday season. I can play Halo, which is a whole new game that, who knows, maybe it attracts them, maybe it doesn't. You know, I can get Games Pass. I can play X amount of games for one small price. I can use the controllers I already have. I can play all the couch co-op with my wife, with my girlfriend, with my daughter, with my son, with my friends, whatever the case may be. That's where this is going to add value to the Xbox. For people who are looking like you, Daniel, or like me, or, you know, Gabby, maybe you're going to start playing with your kids and stuff. Maybe that'll affect you. But for me, that, that wouldn't be a buying decision, make or break. But also, like we're also not the people who use accessibility based controllers and things like that, where, you know, you would have to buy a new controller. And I don't even think the PlayStation offers an accessibility based controller, anything like what Xbox offers. So it's a good nod to those people, which is such a small niche and like such a small little area to care about. Mm -hmm. But it, it, that's where you're getting these sort of decisions. And I think where it will add value for the, the console in the, in the upcoming season that it, you know, it's not by any, any stretch of the imagination is going to give them this huge boost in, in everything, but it's going to make those people who are on the fence, multi console owners who have played what PlayStation has to offer this generation. I think it's really what's going to tip them in the way of the Xbox one uh, series yeah. X or the new Xbox, whatever. Yeah. Well, like, you guys got to remember the way the the way Microsoft's approaching video games now is very much 
like the Apple format of how they conduct their products slash services, mm-hmm. right? It's not so much how much did the Series X sell. It's going to be how much Xbox units were sold, period, or how many subscriptions they were there were, right? They don't care what what where you play the game as long as you're playing their game. You could get an Android device and subscribe to Game Pass and play Halo on it. Sick. You're in you're in the ecosystem. That's what they want. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no. They're 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 not doing. They're doing completely some. They're they're, com, they're doing something completely different than Sony, and it, it's working for them. And I think it's a good thing, where you can still have both consoles exist, and be successful, and be catered to different types of people. So. Yeah, I think I think Gabby, you bring up a good point there. I think something to consider is that we look at, and most people look at Sony and Xbox, or so. Yeah, I guess that's the right way to say it. PlayStation and Xbox as competing brands, but you can also look at it from the perspective that you know they're kind of branching off into their own directions. You know, 100%. Microsoft is a hardware company that also does software, produces Windows, has been working on the Xbox brand for a long period of time. Will they ever be able to be at the caliber of just game production that Sony is? I mean, Sony's been do- doing it for. 25 almost 30 years now mm-hmm. it's going to take some some time to build up that that catalog and build up that resume that sony has in fact they may never get to that point where they can compete with some of the franchises that sony has but sony has really become hyper focused on gaming and really just gaming and and producing high quality triple a titles that cost you know in the hundreds of million dollars to produce and that's not what Microsoft really has been doing for the last little bit of time. They're more focused, like you said, on services, on making sure that you're playing on the Xbox platform, whether it's on your phone, whether it's on your Xbox One, whether it's on your Xbox uh, Series X in the or fall. Your, or a PC, yeah. Or your PC. And then you've got Nintendo, which has done a complete other thing, which is that it's mobilized gaming again um, and has created some really, really great value in, in, in the form of a handheld slash home console with a Switch. So I think more so now than ever, looking at them, all on divergent paths that will somewhat sometimes intersect with one another just based off of multi-platform and stuff like that. But I really do think at this point in time, Sony's user base is Sony's user base. I don't think there's a lot of people that are going to switch from the PlayStation to the Xbox at this point or, or maybe vice versa. I think a lot of those people may already have a PlayStation console if they weren't interested um, or sorry, if they were interested. Um, but I think the idea that they're going to borrow from one another's like player bases, I, I don't, I don't see that being the future, maybe the way that we thought maybe it has been in the past through 360 and through the Xbox one, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a really good thing for Microsoft. Cause I think if they can embrace the things that make them successful, unique, um, competitive in their own market against the apples of the world and stuff like that and steam and you know origin and stuff like that that's where they're really going to see success and potentially be the 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 leaders in that particular field where sony's you know still going to continue to be the leader in, in terms of producing high quality exclusives on their platform so it'll be interesting to see where we're at i guess in a few years to see exactly what the long-term strategy is but I love that you brought that up, Gabby, because I, I agree with you 100%. I don't think there's going to be this traditional console war of they're, they're, they're fighting for the same lane on, on the highway yeah. um, so much as there's just going to be multiple paths that all of them are taking. And, and there might be some you know intersection, but a lot of it's just going to be kind of companies doing their old thing, right? For sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, let, we're going to obviously find out in the next little bit. We've got Sony with another state of play on Thursday. I just, I, I kind of love how often we're getting stuff like this. Um, it seems like almost every couple of weeks we're getting some sort of Gamescom um, this month too. Yes. I think They're doing yes. a digital event. Yeah. No, yeah. I think it's near the end of the month. Yeah. 
Uh, Shane, I can't find the game that you were talking about. I'm sorry, but it was from the Knights developers. I know what you're talking about. Um, it looked really cool. The other thing that really Gabby, impressed the, me. The one about the Leafs jersey, that one? Which game? No, no, no. The Japanese game oh, by the yeah. developers of Knights that you were yeah. talking about. But I think one thing, Gabby, you and I talked about this a little bit like on the side too, is that they showed a lot of investment in the Japanese market, which is something that Xbox has not done in a long time. So. Yeah. The fact that they're bringing Dragon Quest, uh, the Elusive Age, to to Game um, Pass, to Game Pass yeah, of all man. things, yeah, Final Fantasy's on Game Pass right now. Kingdom Hearts um, on Game Pass. Kingdom Hearts is on Game Pass. So like they're really doing a good job, I think, of starting to get developer support from Japan and publisher support from Japan. And if they can continue to keep that up, I think that that's a region that they need to start to break into a little bit yeah. more as well. Fantasy Star is going to be on Game Pass. That's another yep. game they showed at the at a, the, the event. I, th- I think I would kind of like them to do something akin to um, Lost Odyssey or uh, Blue Dragon. If you remember those games, they were kind of early games on the Xbox 360. They were Japanese RPGs. Yeah, I remember those games. If they missed Walker Studios, I believe, did Blue, Blue Dragon. But I would love if they went back to that and did something like just tailored to that specific market and something that would be great for for um you know the japanese audience to maybe pick up exclusively on the Xbox. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see if that happens in the future. For sure. Um, I'm all pumped up, man. That was that was a good. I like that. <laughs> what good little recap, good little discussion. It was a good discussion. It was good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Are you gonna? So are you? Are you decided on what you're gonna do day one? Or are you getting Xbox day one and then leaving PlayStation day one? Or yeah, I'm where getting, are you at? I'm getting Xbox day one. I'm doing. Same. Is it just Halo? Yeah. Well, I'm. I. I. I'm giving my X to Brooklyn. I'm trading in the S. So, like, there's always going to be two Xboxes in the house. So, I want the best version of the games that I I I already own and I'm going to own. So, I'm just gonna I'm gonna get an Xbox One. For and sure. then, what's the plan Series for X. PlayStation 2021? Depending on how games, how soon games come out for it. Like, I can I can as much as I want to play Spider Man, I can probably wait a little bit. Because okay. a lot of uh, my time is going to be Halo and Cyberpunk and Destiny now, I guess, because I'm going to have the new expansion. So that's I don't know how, where I'm going to find the time to play these fucking games. Those are they're all, all coming out pretty much in the same like what I'm saying. two week window. Yeah, that's what, that's, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. like that's going to take up a lot of time. Like we're gonna, I'm, I'm hoping you guys are going to play. We're going to play Halo Infinite campaign together. I'm so fucking excited. Yeah, that'll Wait, be a day yeah. one for all of oh, us. There. I think when that comes out at midnight, we're doing it. Your house, right? Yeah, we can do it in my house once COVID's over. We'll be in a little bubble each. We'll just wear a mask, socially distance. I'll be in the shoe room. You could bring out if you guys have your Halo uh, uh, helmets. You could put those on. I think Chin just got rid of his. Oh, no, I, of I still have it, but I, it doesn't have a it doesn't have a human no, head slot. It, no, it just it has like a, it just has like a. Oh, it's really. Oh, right there it is. <laughs> Yeah, we could customize it. We got six months to customize it. We can make it big enough for such your. Such a cool, such a cool collector's edition. Hundred percent. Yeah. You know what's crazy? You know what's so crazy about it? I have all the original like inserts all still sealed. Inside yeah, because we bought them edition. from uh, Liquidate. Liquidate. Yeah. Liquidation. Yeah. Yeah, I have the same. I, I I have the same. I have them yeah. all. Shout out to Paul, by the way, who uh, who gifted me the uh, the Halo Reach collector's edition bust this past week. I was gonna yeah, give you mine. I thought Halo Reach. Yeah, my with the the ODST with the, all the guys standing around the rock. Oh, I guess you have it too then. 
Yeah, you said that you wanted it for the podcast room. I thought you got rid of yours, Shane. No, I can't because I asked Daniel if you wanted. He said, "Yeah, for the podcast room," but I just kept forgetting to put it in my trunk. Well, we can have two team nobles now. It'll be a it'll be a free uh, a PvP match. It'll be great. A little yeah. PvP, you. Man, as, um, as much as as much negativity as it got, I'm still so pumped for it. I don't care, dude. It's it's still a Halo game, and I think we're we're still pretty much. I mean, we're all equal level. I mean, Gabby, you're probably the most excited, but I think we're all excited to play it day one and just see what it has to offer. I've always played Halo games day one. So I, I want to sit on Shane's lap, or he sits on my lap, and we can just play. You know? Oh, buddy, if you sit on my lap, <laughs> mm. legendary. <laughs> yeah. Play on legendary, dude. The, heroic, the the brutes are throwing the the grunts, grunts. now, yeah, dude. Think about all the birthday parties. It's gonna be great. Mm, I love grunt birthday parties. <laughs> best best thing out of a video game. Yeah. I'm also just like really excited for the new Forza. Like, yeah, I've uh, honestly, to me, I was thinking about it while we were talking about everything. Forza Horizon has been one of the most immersive games for me that I've played. Hundred percent, a hundred percent. They're so it's, good. It's such a good game, and it's that's made by Playground Games. And like, so I'm gonna use Respawn as an example. Titanfall, Titanfall Two, and then uh, Apex Legends, and then Star Wars, like. Banger, 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 banger. Okay, so Playground Games, Forza Horizon, Forza Horizon 2, whatever else. they. I think they did Geometry Wars back in the day. They also are part of the team from um, Project Gotham Racing, which, again, was an amazing racing game. Like, the caliber of that team applied to something different. I think I'm hoping we're going to get the same sort of effect that we got out of Respawn when they transitioned from Titanfall to Apex to Star Wars. I hope we yeah. get that same sort of thing, that same sort of response. And it seemed that way. I mean, it was a CGI trailer that really didn't show any gameplay or whatever. But like the idea that they're respecting the literature or respecting what's supposed to be there yeah. is, is promising to me. It's a talented studio by all means, for sure. And they have, and they, they, ever since they started working on it, they, they've been hiring a lot of people. So, and they have money to throw at it. So for sure. It's the same as uh guerrilla games when they switched from, from uh kill, kill zone. zone to uh horizon. horizon. It's cool seeing the, like, uh, I guess Xbox and Sony giving studios, um, creative control over creating something new so it's good to see for sure the only thing that i'm a little bit disappointed with that is i'm glad that they're tackling Halo, uh, fable again but i am kind of disappointed because i was really hoping playground games is going to get the opportunity to do an original ip altogether yeah and build it from the ground up and it just i don't know it's a little bit disappointing to me that fable is just being worked back into the mix because for a long time xbox has Gears, Fable, Forza, Halo, those have been their four franchises that have been dominant for their entire duration of having Xbox. So I was really, really, really looking forward to seeing Playground step out of that and just introduce like the next IP that was going to, um, you know, drive Xbox forward and potentially live up there with them. Um, but I guess it's not the worst thing. Like if Playground does is able to revitalize the Fable franchise, that's awesome. But I think then it would be a good opportunity to branch out into another fifth franchise. That's really what I'm waiting for Microsoft to do. I think you'll get break, that out of initiative. Break. Sorry to cut you out. I No, I agree with you. I think that that's going to be the studio that does it. And then I think that that game by Obsidian also has the opportunity to do that as I well. I think Avowed is going to be... Avowed. Yeah, I, like they're, they're known for making Fallout New Vegas, which was arguably... 
people are saying the best Fallout game, and also other games as well. Knights of the Old Republic 2, Out of World. Out they of know how to make an RPG, and now they have a shit ton of money to make an RPG that they want to make. Yep. So I'm super pumped for that. But I I do think you guys are right about the initiative being the, the studio that's going to give us a brand new IP. I do think they're going to announce Perfect Dark as their first game, which is going to maybe give them a little bit of backlash before they announce a new IP. Um, that's just my theory because Perfect Dark's also been rumored for a very long time now, and it's been rumored that the initiative is working on it. So I'm down for that so because we'll Perfect see. Dark was better than GoldenEye anyways. <laughs> I know Shay's listening. He's going to text me when he listens to this part. It's like, fuck Shane. That's what he's going to say. It's okay. That's why he has a PlayStation, fucker. <laughs> yeah, he has an Xbox too, man. I'm defending you, Shay. I'm defending you, buddy. I love you. So the last little bit of gaming news, I mean, on the same uh, vein of Sony and exclusivity, um, they also announced that Spider-Man was going to be an exclusive character in Marvel's Avengers game, uh, which I think not a lot of people were surprised about. I think uh, there's a lot of backlash to it um, from a lot of different communities, and understandably so. I think it always sucks whenever you have a character as big as Spider-Man being exclusive to one uh, one platform. But I do think it's you know outside of the the way that it affects gamers, I think it's a really really great move by Sony to continue kind of their vice grip on Spider-Man. Um, you know, obviously we saw Insomniac do an amazing thing with with the the PS4 title. We have Miles Morales coming out. There's going to be a sequel to Spider-Man um, and probably multiple sequels to Spider-Man in the future. Um, and then the Avengers game, which has been pretty impressive, I'd say, throughout the last month or so. It's it's done some really great stuff to turn around some opinions on the game uh, in the War Table sessions that they've been doing. And the beta actually starts this weekend. So maybe next week I can talk a little bit about what it's like um, after I play it for a couple of days on the weekend. But big exclusivity deal. Um, it sounds like it's going to be a Spider-Man that is outside of the current continuity um, it's going to be something that is uh, uh, developed specifically for the Marvel Avengers universe uh, with Crystal Dynamics, um, and it's going to be story content. And it's going to be available free in 2021. So, all some pretty ex- uh, exciting news. I'm definitely pumped up about that. Obviously, loving Spider-Man very much, um, and then also looking forward to um, the the Marvel Avengers game. I think it's a pretty good move. So, I know that there's been some. We've had discussions, the three of us, and then also as part of a bigger group around it. But um, I think it's a, I think it's a good move on Sony's part. <laughs> I think for me, like my stance is, like, yeah, you can have character exclusive games. Yeah, you're gonna have game exclusive, like on a, on a console. I don't like when companies buy rights to parts of games and lock them away from other gamers and this this would be an example of that for me i think what what sony's doing here is the strategy that i was talking about that i think microsoft is using in the holiday season for the new xbox versus the playstation where it's like you have all this compatibility of all these things if you own multiple consoles this is going to sway you i think that's the same reason that sony is going ahead with this for um spider-man i don't think there's a single person who's going to buy a playstation to play the marvel ultimate alliance game or whatever it's called to get the dlc of spider-man but i think people who were deciding what console to buy it on are now going to look to buy it on a PlayStation rather than an Xbox because they want that additional content. So it's super smart for Sony to do it that way. Do I think it's a, 
a great business decision? Yes. Do I think it's an unethical business decision and harms gaming in general and such a dangerous president? I do. Um, I do see it that way. Uh, no, no, really circling around that in, in that regard. Uh, I don't. I don't have an interest in the game. I, I never really did, so it doesn't really affect me. But my concern is the precedence that this sets for future games. I think it's the same sort of thing that loot boxes originally did when they started coming out and they set a precedence for other games to start launching loot boxes and then loot box tread became this huge thing and then this all escalated from one small thing to allow content to players in a different sort of manner and i'm uh, i'm concerned that the next front on gaming is no longer just console exclusives and they're getting they're going to start to shy away from timed exclusives and just go to like if you buy this version you get this specific story related item not a character skin not a gun skin not something that's just aesthetic but something that's actually story based i think it's a shame to keep that from the rest of gamers whether it be xbox or playstation or pc or wii or you know the the new neo geo console that's launching like whatever the hell it's coming out on like I think we're getting into a stage and I think it goes to speak about the business models. Like we're getting into a stage where like gamers want choice. Like you want to play it on whatever the fuck you want to play it on. And cross play is a thing for that reason. It's become a thing for that reason because Fortnite set that precedence. And now we're getting into another area where, you know, we're setting another precedence. And I think we have to be careful with that sort of mentality. I think all the power to putting Spider-Man in the game, make it a timed exclusive. Cool. I'll, I'll, bite, I'll bite on that. No problem. You know, but I don't think you should launch it exclusively on a console and hold back story from people who buy it on an Xbox because they don't necessarily, they may not have the money to buy a PlayStation and, and get that content. They may only have one choice. So what kind of like, how does that deal to the rest of those gamers? I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, but great, I don't, great, in I don't, terms of set, in terms of setting a precedent, like I, I, it's not, this isn't the precedent. Like this has been something that's been going on for, if you go back to Soul Calibur 2, having Master Chief exclusively on Xbox. Again, or it's having not Link story based. On, not story based. That's that's but, the point but that this I'm making. But this isn't part of the main game either. And this is something that, that got brought up in our discussion as well as Spider-Man is going to introduce a story, a spin-off story. But the main narrative of this game is still around the core Avengers. And everything shown up until this point has been about the core Avengers with Spider-Man being announced, you know, a month just before this game launches. For those that are interested in the game, you're right, Shane. Like, I might teeter them if they were deciding on whether to play it on Xbox or whether they play it on PlayStation. But there's been already some incentives that have been brought into the fold already. Exclusive access on PlayStation from a beta standpoint. Um, you know, we've seen it on different consoles before where there's exclusive skins or there's exclusive story uh, things oh, or guns in Destiny that are introduced again, in certain versions of the game across different games. It's been something that this isn't. Sony and Marvel are not setting a precedent here. They're t they're taking a massive character and applying something that's already been set in the past to a game that's going to be a massive seller, I think, for anybody that's a fan of uh, of the Marvel universe at this point in time. But this isn't a new practice. So the like, idea that it's something that's brand new, it, it, it's it is not though. something. It like How, it, where regardless, is it like a side story. Show me a game. Show me a game. A triple A AAA title that's come out that has locked even. DLC, console exclusive, not timed exclusive, that expands on the universe of that game. Show me one. Destiny, I'm not talking, Destiny would be the closest thing. And, but it was timed. 
it was timed, yes, but it was really long. So that's yep. why I'm saying Destiny. But at the same time, like it didn't sit well with Destiny either. People were really upset about it. So I, I, I and I'm not saying, I and I'm not think, saying to be not upset with it. I'm just saying that it's that this is not the precedent setter to say that this is going to set off a domino effect in gaming. I think that this is a unique situation because you have one of the most identifiable characters in all of of pop culture now being a console exclusive. I don't think there's a, there's going to be something like this that happens again, if not uh, maybe Spider Man in 30 years from now for another game, or Superman in 30 years from now on a different game. But the precedent about exclusive content on a platform, whether it be timed exclusive or not, has always been a practice. But it, it again, timed exclusives have been the current precedent. You're not getting something like this that's locked behind. That is those story side based. Even though I think, it was really and long. that's that's my concern with this and. To say that there's nothing else that's going to do this, I think is wrong. I think you could have, you're not going to have the same sort no, of. No, I didn't say, I didn't say, I didn't say nothing else would do this. I said that the impact of this is going to be felt based on the character that it is because of the the iconic status that Spider Man has. You might have other games that do this down the line, whether it be Nintendo, whether it be Microsoft, do it with the game of theirs, whether it be Sony, do it again. Any with developer, partner. yeah. But yeah. the impact of it is not going to be felt as substantially as it will be with this character. And again, the point that I was trying to make the other day is that your biggest install base right now is on PlayStation anyways. And if there are people that are playing it on that platform, yes, it sets a dangerous precedent in some ways. But exclusive content is not something that's new into the fold. Yeah, 100%. And if there's an opportunity for people to buy the game, to your point, if they're teetering on the fence, this is just going to push them into the Sony camp of buying the, the the Avengers game for PS4. And I'm sure that there are plenty of gamers that are already in that camp that are like, oh, either I'm A, I'm going to cancel, cancel my pre-order altogether because I don't like this practice, or B, now I know that that's the, the platform that I'm going to buy it on because I'm interested in that character. And then the other thing that we don't know is a year from now, it, it's possible that it is time content and it makes its way over to the other game. We don't know that just yet. So here's my one question. In the world of crossplay, in the world of multi-platform games, in the world of you know all these games as services and DLC and all that jazz, how do you now, as a system, Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony, whoever else wants to step into the Stadia, how do you push your version forward. You look at what makes something unique. Timed exclusives, they're not something new. They're not something unique. They've We've seen now that people will wait for it. So now they're going to look at what is the sales figures after they announce this Spider-Man permanence. If it doesn't, let's say it doesn't come free. My concern is that companies are going to look at this, no matter the company, even if it's Microsoft, they're going to look at this and look at how many more uh, copies sold how many DLC, like how much downloaded Spider-Man, whatever the case may be, whatever statistics you're looking at, and they're going to apply that to the games that are coming out. And what I mean is you may get a game that's a multi-platform game and you're going to get, let's say, the new Call of Duty. Let's just say for argument's sake, it's new Call of Duty. You're going to be able to play this extra part of the story only on Xbox. You're going to get to play this other completely different narrative only on PlayStation, and you're going to get to play this other completely different narrative only on Stadia. And then the consumer has to choose which narrative they want to play and then buy according to that. That's my concern with what this may set because people are, these companies are going to look for any sort of reason to get people to exclusively buy games on their systems. If timed exclusives don't do it, if there's cross play now, so it's not, it doesn't matter the service I buy it on, 
what are they going to do to leverage that? And this is my concern is that this could set that precedent that people are going to look to, oh, I can have an exclusive piece of narrative that's non-main storyline, doesn't matter if it's non-main storyline, to drive people to buy this exclusively from my console. That's what my concern yeah. is. And again, from a business standpoint, I think it's a good move on Sony's part. Again, do I agree with you that it's a, it's a, it's something that's detrimental to gamers that are interested in the game? 100%. It would be delusional to say that it's anything but shitty for anybody that's not looking to play it on playstation but the way that i'm looking at it specifically just from from how many players already have a playstation console to be able to play it on that's the majority of your base right now anyways that you're aiming at and sony's just solidifying a position it already has it has a big install it has a big install base there are probably a lot of people that were interested in this game on playstation that might have been buying it for xbox but i agree with you having a narrative exclusive item on one console and taking it away from other gamers that are paying an equivalent amount of of of, of price for the game on a different platform is shitty it sucks there's no really one way around that but i think that this is one of those things that in this particular instance i think it has a big impact because it's spider-man full stop in the future, if there are similar things to this, it will be equally as disliked and reprehensible by the companies that are that are putting these into play. But I don't think it will resonate as heavily as it does with a character like Spider-Man becoming an exclusive. But in the same token, if Sony feels that they can solidify their brand by doing something like that and becoming synonymous with Spider-Man, it's a good business move on their part to push gamers to want to play, you know, uh, to buy a PlayStation to play as that character, which they kind of already did establish when they released a PlayStation exclusive Spider-Man game back in 2018. So I, I see it almost as a continuation of that. But Shane, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I want to make it clear. I, I'm not disagreeing with you on the fact that I don't think that it's a great thing and it can be dangerous uh, for the future. Um, but I do think that it's one of those things that right now, there's been situations like this in the past, albeit never on the level of, of a character like Spider-Man. And I think that that's what's irking a lot of people because the practice has been there for a while, but never with a character as iconic as uh, as a Spider-Man or a Superman or a Batman or, or something of that level that, that that's that's not going to be available for everybody across platforms. And I did check. It's not a timed exclusive by all accounts. So maybe it's something that eventually comes to Xbox down the line. But right now, it seems like it's going to be exclusively on the PlayStation console. So... It sucks, but if you're looking to get, I guess, your your Spider-Man fix out of Marvel's Avengers game and 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 the regular Avengers, the non-Spider-Man Avengers don't do it for you. Um, PlayStation is going to be the only place to 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 play as him um, in 2021. So we'll obviously keep it updated. If there's any changes, maybe Backlash will change this. I doubt it, but if there is any changes to this, um, we'll talk about it. And like I said, I, I got a chance to play the beta on the weekend, so um, I'll I'll kind of share my thoughts around the game Spider-Man less um, this upcoming weekend when we do our podcast. <clears throat> the other, I mean, the last thing that's been big this week, um, I'm going to give you a guess, Gabby. What do I want to talk about, Shane? What do I want to talk about here? Uh, go ahead, Gabby. What do you think it is? <laughs> it's sports, no? Of course it's sports. <laughs> I'm going to leave baseball out of it because baseball's shitting the fucking bed on a number of different levels. So let's just talk about uh, the Raptors really quickly. And then we'll talk about the Leafs who just finished their game not three hours ago, four hours ago. Sounds good, man. How good did the Raptors look on Saturday? They look good, man. They looked good yesterday, or too. Saturday, yeah. <laughs> they look good, man. I'm excited. They have six more games to play in this these eight seeding matches. And 
I'm ready for the playoffs. Bring it on. Let's go. We're going to the finals. I ain't scared of no ghosts, as Shane would say. Let's I go. I ain't scared of no ghosts. Let's go. Let's get Let's it. Let's go. Dude, where do we what, – what's Lowry to us? Yo, he, we go as far as he takes us. Let's get it. We go it. as Let's far go. as Lowry goes. Is it weird to you that there's still people that are like, this team has no perennial superstars, even though they've got a guy like Kyle Lowry? It's just Fred Van Vliet, OG It's so annoying. Ananobi looked so fucking good in Saturday's game. Dude, first game, he looked so fierce. Yep. He's such a good defender, man. No one can get by that guy. He's so good. He's so nasty. Dude, Gabby, I was channeling you so hard watching the game. I was around around so many people, and I was screaming at the top of my lungs. I hope you were social distancing. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, uh, but dude, three balls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like the virtual fans. I, I, I think I just, it's the worst thing. It's the worst thing I've I ever just seen in my life. I want it to be like the graphics. It looks like a yeah. video game. It looks dude, sick. Was, would you feel differently if it was your face? Like if you were featured as one of the people on there and you could see yourself reacting? Only if I was shirtless. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so they, we looked up how to like get on there and stuff. You have to use Microsoft Teams. You can't leave your computer like you can't leave the camera but you people can't do leave. it all the time though because you see empty seats sometimes that they get kicked they get if kicked. you leave you get automatically kicked the only re- time that i like the virtual fans is when they're doing the foul shot and if you're the at-home team then yeah, the like fans behind are in the, the background yeah doing yeah the yeah thing. The behind the that's hilarious on the side just make it's the so bad it's on the ground so make it the graphic it looks so cool yeah, it's so bad, dude. It's it just looks <laughs> terrible. They're like reacting to like, uh, uh. and like bad internet. They're like, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, uh. and it's like little kids. Nobody can see the video, by the way, so they're just gonna hear us groaning awkwardly, which is great. Yeah. No, it's been yeah. cool to see like uh, they'll show like players, kids, and like wives or whatever, and like stuff like that. That's been yeah, cool. like just put that stuff up there, man. Like fuck, fuck these virtual fans, dude. Yeah, I don't need to see your fucking fifty-six k modem connection broadcasting you in the stadium. Yeah, for sure. Trash. But no, I'm, I do. I'm, I'm ready for the playoffs. But yeah, what's up, Ortega? I do prefer the uh, the NHL's layout. I think that they did it um, the best. Like in terms of just the setup and just kind of the way that they changed the arena to account for it, like. I kind of talked to you about this, Shane, but I feel like NHL's probably done the best of like taking what they have and just putting it into what feels like a relatively normal environment. Like I think the weirdest thing was today when Jake Muzzin got injured. It was really like it was silent to the point where you could hear like the medical staff like radioing one another as they were putting him on a stretcher. That's how quiet it was. But during the course of the game, like no fans, it still has intensity to it. Um, and it feels just like a regular NHL game, obviously minus the fans, but there's still that level of like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel weird. MLB feels strange not having fans there because there's so many people you see them in the background of every pitch that you're seeing on the screen and the NBA, you know, it's not their regular courts. It's these kind of gym like courts yeah, um, like at, at Disney. It looks like they're playing in a gym, whereas the NHL is playing on, you know, they're playing in Toronto, they're playing in Edmonton, and the surrounding area, they've tarped it off with, like, these gray covers that say the city that they're hosted in, and then they've got these big displays in the background that have, like, their players or, like, whoever, you know, the home team is, all of their, like, flashy graphics and stats and stuff like that. So I think the NHL did a really, really good job in terms of, like, like changing that space and making it complimentary rather than, like, 
putting virtual fans in or like cutouts like they have in some MLB stadiums, which is super awkward. Noble cause because it's all going to charity, but still super, super weird to see like cardboard cutouts of fans. I think for me, like, uh, you know, I watched the NHL and I listened to it on the radio. I was listening to the last game um, while I was driving. And, um, you know, on the radio, it sounds the exact same. Like, you don't even notice. Like, because they're pumping in the Mm -hmm. fan noises. It sounds like there's fans there. Um, You know, the most awkward thing is, like, Joe Bowen trying to figure out what to call it when the puck goes over into the crowd because there's no crowd. So they're like, he's like, should I say it goes into the tarps or, like, (laughs) like whatever it is? He has no idea. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's safe to say now that the ACC is louder than it is when there's actually fans in the ACC for the Leaf games because – there's no suits there. It's tarps. It's literally the same amount of effect. Um, so pumping in the crowd noises, I think, makes it better. The players also said the only time that they notice a difference is during the anthem. If that's really what you're taking away from it, then so be it. So I think it's going to be uh, interesting. Like, not interesting in the sense that, like, oh, something weird is going to happen. But this series is just going to be interesting. I hope we win. I hope so seems too, like it, buddy. It seems yeah. like it would be the most Toronto way to win something, and I think the Raptors have a legit shot at repeating, just watching them come back and just how good and healthy they are right now. Um, the healthy Toronto teams lasted all of two games each for Jake Muzzin to come back and then get immediately injured. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, Ananobi and everybody looking you know, 100% and Marcus Gasol losing weight and looking as healthy as ever. So it's going to be an exciting month to watch these guys play, but it's been a good start so far in the first four games that we've watched so far. The Jays just got spanked by the Braves, but we won't talk baseball. It's okay. We'll just talk what about was, hockey. What and- was the thing I wanted to say? Oh, LeBron James talking about the Raptors, I thought was pretty cool as well. Yeah. He was talking about, like, obviously you have to respect the team and they have talent. Like, people count them out, but they're good after we spanked the Lakers. <laughs> They looked so good in that last six minutes, seven minutes, whatever it was. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Gabby, any, game. Any last thoughts, Gabby. I'm I'm good, man. I'm ready for the playoffs. Let's go. We'll probably, we're gonna face either Brooklyn or Orlando. So, what's the uh, shirt you got on there for the fans? Uh, let describe it to them. What does it say? Got him. And it's got the Larry O'Brien on it. Ooh, how topical. Let's, let's get it. Let's, let's get, get it. it. Let's, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. We go as far as Lowry goes with the cute let's booty. Let's go, bro. How let's do we? Uh, how do we go to the parade this year when they win? Virtual, bro. Microsoft. Yeah. I think you. Party. Uh, yeah. They pump in the fans. <laughs> they pump in the fans. They virtual fans at the parade. Everyone's moving <laughs> so. At least, the, at least the parade won't be seven hours long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it will be. It'll just be a Zoom connection with thirty-two thousand yeah. people. Not buffering. The bandwidth, yeah bandwidth issues yeah they should just make a vr parade where you like put on goggles and you can like watch the team go by on the bus and obviously yeah. vr kyle lowry oh, we're in the Sotomayor jersey again yeah so Man. good yeah buddy all oh, right guys. well game uh raps play tomorrow if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. today when this releases because tomorrow yeah, is today is today and today is yesterday leafs play thursday and friday and sunday if needed it won't be. So, you don't think it'll be needed, eh? You think it'll be over in two days? Mm-hmm. I think it ends go, on Friday. It'll go either way, and it'll end on Friday. Interesting. Okay, interesting take. <laughs> we'll see. All right, dudes. Uh, thanks for talking. It's good to see nice you to guys. be back. It's yeah, good, good to see you guys you on all. camera. Yeah, we'll, for sure. We'll do this again next week. I'm done.
Yeah. Let's do yeah. it. Go Raps. Go Leafs. Go, go Leafs. Go Raps. Um, Jays. Go Jays. Better luck Peace next out, year. homies. Peace. Daniel, no, it's been a slice. Hacking. Yeah, well, it's been a slice. He looks like you're. You look like you're hacking the mainframe, dude. <laughs>